0: And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: Hey, this is Better Than Life, a Red Dwarf podcast. I'm Fergus, and I'm John. And this is your
2: Series 1 Palette Cleanser.
1: Yeah, that's right. We wanted to do a little interstitial between-seasons kind of a little episode to thank everyone for listening especially given how much fun we had making the show. It's been (laughs) awesome. It has been wonderful, yeah. Series 2? Well, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Showing off a little bit about Series 2. It's Mm -hmm. looking like an absolute doozy, a banger. It's a corker. We've got guests such as Sarah Mills.
0: That's such a strong part of the misery of their lives and the humour is that they are stuck in space, not getting their ends away.
2: John Robertson. Things maybe looked a little more convincing because my imagination had a higher budget than the program did. Gemma Arrowsmith.
1: It absolutely turned my world around. It's like good acting and good writing. It's the stuff that I love.
2: David Reed. Red Dwarf seems to be a sitcom that
1: unites a lot of comedy professionals who don't speak in public in case the kids who used to do sport at school hear them. Nat Lertzimmer. Here's my disgusting opinions. You'll never catch me. And Stuart Goldsmith. What more could you want? What a lineup. What a
2: lineup. I'll tell you what, we've got a pretty good lineup of listeners as well on all of the social medias we've got at its btl pod on the facebook the instagram on uh, musk's kiss they're all at it and uh, we've got people emailing us in on better than life pod and I thought it might be nice to uh, to wrap up season one with uh, with some listener emails. Ooh, that'd be lush. Yeah, okay. Because people are getting in. I hesitate to say they are joining the conversation, but they are joining the conversation. We've had an uh, an email in from John. It's not me, I promise. Okay, that's really suspect. Literally the first one you're reading out. Yeah, he he says, hi guys. I think John is fantastic. Uh, he's one of the best podcast hosts ever. <laughs> Hang on. He doesn't, on, say, no, that. No, no, he doesn't no. say that. He says, since you opened the sacrilegious gates of recasting Red Dwarf. Oh, I love that. Mm. The sacrilegious yeah. gates. No, Some people will feel that. that, and that's fine. My little OCD brain, this is John the emailer, has dedicated way more time to this quandary than it should have. Hundreds of names have been considered and discarded, but surely the definitive answer for Dave Lister. And John, the emailer, comes down in the same place that Guy Kelly landed way back in episode one, Mr. Guz Khan. Mm. John says, if you or any future guests can offer reasonable arguments, it's like he's summing up the findings of of a court hearing if we can offer reasonable arguments that guz doesn't personify the core qualities Ah. and attributes of a lister here they come and i think this is a great list naively optimistic ostensibly apprehensive but courageous when the chips are down impudent to authority not enough people using the word impudent and of course wholeheartedly lovable then i like to hear them
1: i think that's a really nice way to sum up lister yeah that's great Guz Khan it is then. Do you reckon Guz Khan would, would, would agree that he is all those things? you would hope so. They're all fine qualities aren't they?
2: We'll have to ask him. Maybe yeah. we'll get him on an episode. Who knows? Depends whether he's a fan of Red Dwarf doesn't it? That's the only criteria. You've got to be a fan you've got to be funny for money
1: <laughs>
2: and then you can come on. But I'm sorry to disappoint John but the recasting shenanigans do not stop there. They will continue into series two Yeah. and we've already had some amazing suggestions. But I thought it might be quite nice wrapping up season one for us to go back over the suggestions that our six guests to
1: date have made and uh, come up with a little ultimate recasting of our own that sounds ace yeah i'm up for that what have we actually got here nishkumar Absolutely topping the charts for Series 1, right? He's a popular choice. And not just for the one character, either. Yeah. He's been Rimmered twice. He's been listed. Yeah, by Paul a bit later on. There's a couple of other names that have come up more than once. Mm. Richard Ayoade for Crichton. Yeah, twice for Crichton. Twice in a row. And and once as Rimmer. So actually, him and Nish have three votes apiece, yeah. That's right, Yes. But so who are your favorites if you had to crunch all this data that we've received from series 1 down into one alto cast yeah who are you going for well i could have gone a lot of different ways to be honest but i decided i would start with lister
2: and kind of build out from there on the basis of who i thought was going to have great chemistry with that lister and make for a really interesting mix of people altogether mm. so i liked a lot of the suggestions we had for lister but i kept coming back to Beck Hill's suggestion of Daisy May Cooper. <gasps> Me too. Me three. Really? You, <laughs> Alex. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, there we
1: go. Somebody needs to make this happen. In that case, she's got. She's got all of those things. She can play all of those things that we talked about. Guz Khan having. She's also naughty. Yeah. In in a really funny way. Very British, and she she can go to the slobby place as well.
2: Oh, hundred percent. And but she's really likable. Even when she's playing characters doing bad things, she's really She's just one of those actors that's inherently. Likable, You side with her.
1: Wow, Daisy May Cooper is locked in for Lister. Yeah.
2: And I, I like the fact that that's different enough from Craig Charles that it doesn't feel like we're trying to replace, because that's not what this game is about. It's not about saying who would be better than the original cast. It's just, it's a fun fantasy game of going, if we couldn't have the original cast, what would make for an interesting version of Red Dwarf? Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think she would bring all kinds of sides to Lister, actually. Well, how about Rimmer, then? So, Rimmer, I was really tempted... By Nish Kumar for Rimmer, because I can see where people are coming from. In the end, I wanted someone who could present more, a bit more straight-laced. There's so something about Nish that's that's just, I, for all that he does the sort of high-tension rants, there is something about how Nish presents that you just know that he's a fairly laid-back guy, right? <laughs> okay. But I was I was looking for someone, and and I, and I hope they don't take this wrong. But I was looking for someone who I could imagine more presenting me with a with a really sort of persuasive stick up their ass. And um, I came down to Nick Helm's idea of Ed Gamble, actually. I really like that. And I think Gamble and Daisy May Cooper
1: together would be a really interesting double act.
2: Hell
1: yeah. Yeah, that's very nice. Uh, Mine's David Schwimmer. Mm. I've always loved a bit of a transatlantic odd couple thing. And Schwimmer playing officious and exasperated at the weird... Like, to have have the American be the stiff upper lipid one. Yes. (laughs) And the Daisy May Cooper... Be the kind of yeah. more laid-back, humanist kind of rebel. I think that'd be an interesting dynamic.
2: Yeah, Shriver is a good choice. I mean, that his performance of Band of Brothers just spun through a rimmer filter. Oh <laughs> yeah. yes.
1: Yeah. How about Cat?
2: So Cat, I want to give an honourable mention. To, I mean, all of these are great. All of them, and I very, very nearly went for Cedric Neal, Suza's choice, but I've plumped for
1: Moan Rizwan. Yeah, yeah, me too. Did you? Awesome. Mm-hmm. What was your rationale for Moan? I've seen him. I've seen a video of him dancing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got some and moves, I, but in a very different way to Danny. And I did also watch his his sitcom, and it's he is great. He is weird. Yeah. And the cat is weird. Exactly. He's really clever in his weirdness, and to apply that to a really feline performance, yeah. Yeah, he'd be amazing. Yeah,
2: definitely. That was that was where I ended up. I was just thinking like, he could do all of the oddity that you get from Danny John Jules, but he would make every single choice in a different way to what Danny John Jules would do, and that would just make for a really interesting watch. Mm.
0: And he's cool and fashionable yeah. and sort of got the promiscuity as well. I think he's such a great pick.
2: Yeah, yeah
1: it's a really cool idea. Do you mind if we just take a hiatus from the, the recasting picks, mm-hmm. just to put the Series 1 discussion of Cat to bed a little bit? Because I was reflecting on on what all six of our guests said about the cat. And it kind of all went in the same direction. And, and obviously Richard on Facebook speaking for a, a huge swathe of the audience. That everyone loved the cat in Series 1. I think everyone's actually kind of leading towards the same conclusion with the cat. Which is something we didn't necessarily say in any episode of the podcast. He was supposed to be a small character. He was supposed to yeah. be a margin character. It was his popularity as that small character that propelled the writers to give him a bigger role yes. later on, to grow the character as it went on, because everyone went, whoa, look at that guy, he's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, he's un- underwritten in quotes, but he's overperforming, do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. And making everyone desperate for more. Um, Crichton? Richard Iowadi for me. It's, it's a bit of a no-brainer, and, and, and I know it's a bit disappointing in how much of a no-brainer it is, but if you want a dead cert, it would be different. Robert Llewellyn's Crichton is optimistic and positive, where Richard Ayoadis would be finickety mm-hmm. and pointed. Yeah. Somewhere closer to C3PO than Crichton, probably. But I, I think that would be great for David Schwimmer and Daisy May Cooper to play off.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I actually surprised myself, though, and I found myself plumping for Nigel Planer in the end, mm. which I would not have expected. But as this cast was taking shape, I thought I thought, actually, you know what? It would be interesting to have... An older regular that can move around with them, as opposed to the Holly character. You know, a, someone of a different generation.
0: Not eighties Nigel planner
2: No, today's today's Nigel planner Yeah, I like I like the idea of kind of a bit of a a bit of a sad sack Crichton, like a bit of a past it sort of falling apart Crichton. Something about that.
1: Bit, a bit of um, Marvin the Paranoid Android. Yeah,
2: you? yeah, yeah. Quite so. Maybe that's where I was drawing the inspiration from. But yeah, I just thought that I could I could see that making for some interesting interactions with the way Moan and Ed and Daisy. We'd all play their roles. But I like Richard. I mean, this is the thing. For all of these characters, I, you could go a different way and I'd be very happy. How about Holly? All right. So did I or did I not cheat? I've picked a Series 1 and 2 Holly and a Series 3 onwards Holly.
1: Yeah, that's cheating. Is it?
2: <laughs> but I couldn't decide. <laughs> so, So if I was allowed to do this, I would go Bob Mortimer for Original Holly and Diane Morgan for Series 3 Onward Holly, because I just I just think they're both such great picks for that role, but they do it in such different ways. I want to see them both. If I absolutely had to pick one or the other, I guess I'd go with Diane Morgan. I guess maybe, here's the thing, I'd go with Diane Morgan if we had Nigel Planer as Crichton. Maybe I'd go with Bob Mortimer if we had Richard Iowadi as Crichton, just for that generational mix-up, the difference of styles. There's not a, there's not a Holly suggestion that we had that I didn't like. It's not a suggestion for any of the characters we've had I didn't like, frankly. I think people (laughs) played a blinder, really. When we came up with this concept, I thought, that is a nightmare. I wouldn't know where to start, but I've got some
1: places to start now. I'm with you, except, I think, for the look and how much of a different spin she put on the character and how she would be very, very positively engaging. But maybe she'd be able to play like a little edge of craziness. Beck Hill. I think
2: she'd be great. Well, I agree with that, and she's kind of certainly on my recasting. She's she's won. I, I went with more of hers than anyone else's. Nice. Can I uh, can I throw in a listener a listener question that I really liked? It's not a recasting question, but it is a reimagining question, and it's took me so by surprise that it's really tickled me. And I just want to see what your reaction is to this on our Facebook page. Someone called Leslie basically they got an earworm. From I think it was Guy Kelly sang a a little song about being on a spaceship in his episode to the theme tune of the Muppets.
1: It is a spooky time.
2: That's it. Leslie decided that this begs the question, if Red Dwarf was
1: done by the Muppets, who would the one human be? That's a great question. We know that human is driven insane over and over again. That's the Muppets thing. Mm -hmm. It should be Lister, but Rimmer would be so much more fun if you could work that out. Like Muppet Christmas Carol. Right. They get driven to goodness via insanity, the insanity of the Muppets. So I think Rimmer, but there would have to be. It couldn't be part of the sitcom. It would have to be a film of yes. the Muppets. Do the Muppets take Red Dwarf, where Rimmer's the only human character, and the rest of the Muppets drive him to be a better person by the end of the film, which is impossible because Rimmer can't do that. So. Right. Ugh. Right. it's really tricky yeah I love that idea
2: yeah I mean I felt like it's got to be Rimmer or Lister really right because you can I can imagine I, I did literally think it through for every single character but it becomes a completely different show <laughs> if you make the one human cast member the person playing Cat Crichton or Holly it's just a totally different show what you're doing with those Muppets becomes completely other than, than what it should be really for Red Dwarf so I think it's got to be Rimmer or Lister and yeah that's it with Rimmer you do want to see a redemption story because otherwise if it's not a redemption story for Rimmer it becomes a story of the Muppets turn to the dark side right because they have to react to what Rimmer is like
1: and the only way that they can do that is to progressively become less Muppet. I think that's that's also impossible though you're you're now describing a, an unstoppable force hitting an immovable object that cannot happen the Muppets cannot be deflated permanently. Yeah, it depends depends which of the Muppets have survived three million years into the future. The only way a Muppets take Red Dwarf movie could work is if it ended with the Muppets blowing up Red Dwarf and flying away on an escape pod going, yay! (laughs) (laughs) Right, which makes quite a good case for it being
2: Lister. I think this is where I ended up just thinking, right, you need the human to be the point of view character. In a way, the human is the least interesting character, and you just need someone who it's going to be fun to be surrounded by Muppets. I think
1: that provides a really good kind of summing up of our series one, right? Lister is a fascinating character, but we haven't discussed him anything like as much as Rimmer and the cat.
2: No, we've largely talked about how nice he is and how occasionally naive he is and how sometimes he's a bit of a
1: git. Yeah. But I do believe over the next few series, we're going to be talking about him an awful lot more. Plus, we're going to be throwing Crichton into the mix permanently from series three. But next time, we're going to go into series two, episode one, Crichton. The OG Crichton, yeah. With Nat Lertzimmer. That's really exciting. Yes, it is exciting, as you'll find out next week. See you then. It's a show about a man who's lost three million years in space. His company had evolved, has a hologram he hates. Plus a fuzzy robot and a ship that's got senile. We love the jokes and sci-fi stuff, that's why. It's been